Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Jason from Frozen Carbonate, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munzenreiter and Patrick Tagongo to talk about videos from Legacy Brands and Upsart. But first, sports. Mike wrote in Quarter Snacks this week about the changing attitude towards sports and skateboarding. So, Mike, what did you discover via your thorough, very much not rudimentary research? I think the the main thing that I realized when I was trying to source this story, which is about just how, I don't know, back in the day, I think we're all of the age where, you know, if you're reading an interview in Transworld Skateboarding, the pro skater says, yeah, I played all the sports growing up and then I found skateboarding and I quit. You know, usually a so uh, SoCal, San Diego guy, but you know, in the for me, mid late nineties, like that rang true to me. So the story's about all of a sudden, you know, from skaters going to be or going from being like aggressively against sports to being just like, oh, yeah, sports, whatever, sports ball, that. Yeah, I think it's pretty evident that sports are just kind of like. People are cool if a skater's into sports. So what did I learn? I learned that a lot of our peers and a lot of people that you might not necessarily think or even, you know, people you grew up with skating with, they played high school sports or they played a lot of high school sports. And the kind of like, again, I, I lean on the trans world archetype story of I played sports and I quit everything as kind of the go-to situation where that was my life. Like, I played a bunch of sports, moved to Minnesota, didn't do anything for three years, and then I started skating. But I talked to a good friend, Dan Jackson, up here. You might know him from Village Psychic stuff. He did like a an absurd number of things in high school. He was in kind of rural Minnesota. You know, he played I wanna say every sport you can think of except football, but maybe he did football too. And I'm sure he'll, you know, text me in a couple of weeks if I get it wrong. You know, he swam and then like Kyle Beachy, for instance, he played high school baseball. And then there was a lot of people that did like college sports, which seems like an even higher commitment at the collegiate level. It was mostly just that, you know, we have this idea in our heads where skaters hate sports, skaters don't do sports, but then people going back a long ways into the past, a lot of skaters did do sports, but it was just kind of like this thing we didn't talk about, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even going back to like, you know, Mike V and Gino, like they both played hockey, I think. But it like it it wasn't even a big deal or I don't think they even talked about it. Like, well, I think hockey was cool in the mid nineties though. Like the Rangers yeah, were doing things dope. and the hockey jerseys were fucking fire. I, I think the, 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 the like, Gordon's Fisherman Islander jersey. Yeah, or like the Devil's jersey, R.I.P. Harold Hunter, who used to rock that back in the day. Yeah. That was a that was a cool look. Mike, please go on. Uh, I just was gonna say to frame things. Skaters didn't really do sports but there was the whole other side which is more important probably arguably which is just that like quote unquote jocks didn't like skaters at a certain point in time for a while and so that 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 was kind of like the you know the reason for the animus there but we can continue on yeah dope dope jerseys and everything yeah, yeah. So, so i mean i guess the genesis of this is like why do skaters hate athletes or jocks there's a couple of things going on here one i mean this is this is another trans world cliche like they'd always yell you know different slurs and whatnot at, at skaters presumably when they're driving past in their big like lifted pickup trucks and the skaters are like uh, skating some curb in a strip mall you know also skaters hate sports because there's there's too many rules man 
You know, it's, it's just too restrictive. I can't take it. Plus, I, I don't know if we were jealous or what, but like stereotypically, like the football players, they always drank beer. We couldn't even get beer. Like we get weed, but we couldn't get beer. It, it was impossible. So I don't, I don't know what kind of hookups they had. And, you know, they got all the girls and, you know, we were usually just hanging out at some strip mall curb all night. So I don't know if we were jealous or they were more advanced, but it's know, a little from column A. I think it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Definitely got called all kinds of slurs by jocks in high school. And my experience, you know, I grew up in the suburbs of New York. We lived in Yonkers first and then in New City, right near Nyack, for those, those who know the area. And I hated school sports all through school, K through 12. Absolutely hated it. I hated the rules. I hated the coaching. I hated the direction. I hated the fact that you had to show up. I hated the fact that this was just an extension of being in class. And I like learning, I like debating, and I like participating, but for sports, it was an absolute no-go. And when I started skating and playing guitar in junior high school, two things that really stuck with me and molded me, especially in the 1990s, there was a lot more, there was a lot more tribalism in high schools. And the other part of it, the jocks were boring. Everything they were into was terrible. They had terrible taste in music. They had whack clothes. When everybody started, you know, got their licenses and started to drive, they had whack cars. <laughs> Everything about them was like they were, they had no sauce. Like, how are you so high up on the school totem pole in terms of popularity and you got zero sauce? And that's the distinction between being cool and being popular. We Shout out to Bobby and Binky, these two punk rock dudes who are a couple years old, older than me. They were, in, they were in my AP chem class. These guys were just, I mean, and also interesting thing about them, all the girls, shout out to, what's her, what her name, Marina Weinberg. Yeah, she, she thought they were cool, Bobby, Bobby and Binky. And I think it was because of the confidence thing, but here's the thing, they weren't necessarily popular, but they were cool. And so all the punks and the skaters were the people who I really looked up to then and still look up to as an adult. But yeah, my, my, my opinion of sports changed drastically because I went to University of Maryland for undergrad, and it was the period when Maryland basketball was on fire. And what, Who's their mascot, Patrick? The Terps, man. Shout out to the Terps. Terps is wavy. Shout out to Juan Dixon. I think it's Steve Francis's Steve Franchise's Ooh. birthday today, so shout out to Blake. You, were, you went to Maryland when Steve Francis was on the team? Hell yeah, dog. That's, 2002, that's baby. That's <laughs> wow. And, and get this. All of, the, all of my floor mates from during freshman and sophomore year not only were they jocks, right? They were wilder than the skaters I grew up skating with. Like these people knew how to party. They were really, really smart. And they were just kind of like weirdos who all played sports, hockey, water polo, such and such. You know, it's one of those like, if you can't beat them, join them. Although, you know what? It's still on site for the lacrosse bros. It's still on site. Like they're still, like if you went to school in the Northeast, lacrosse bros were the absolute worst. So, like you want to talk about dudes who are insufferable? No, thank I could, you. I could almost see lacrosse bros being like surfers. Not, yeah, but well, surfing is cool. Surfing <laughs> is cool, but like, I, I again, this was a thing where I was getting into the culture and I was trying to like, when I was researching or just kind of trying to source this, the story, like surfing, surfing is totally way, like a hundred times more jockish than skating. And so, yeah, I guess I don't really have a good point to back up my assertion that like lacrosse and surfers are on the same the same level but, but yeah com- continue yeah so my opinion of sports changed pretty drastically from number 1 going to a D1 school when the basketball program was 
off the chain and winning a national title in 2002, hanging out and going to school with and becoming friends with jocks who like to go to parties and were really interesting and were actually very curious about the music I was listening to. But then, you know, these are all the guys who also put me into Southern hip hop. And maybe it was just the jocks in suburban New York were corny because all these guys were into Outkast, Juvenile, Three Six Mafia, all like like that. And so, kind of using that as a as a pivot point. What are some cool things that have come out of sports into skateboarding, if any? Because I know for like skateboarding, we've taken like obviously there have always been skaters who are sports fans of any type, right? But you know, I think some of us have started taking in programs like actually taking care of our bodies more, really thinking about ourselves as athletes. And really thinking about longevity and, you know, giving ourselves rest. But what do you think that mainstream sports has taken from skaters, if anything? I mean, I loved it when Brandon Beeble just started rocking, like, every football jersey and randomly had a Randy Moss Vikings jersey in there. Yeah, I guess just some of the iconography. I mean, in the early 90s, there were, like, dozens of sports ripoff graphics. Right, then your then your jerseys. Yeah, and I mean, girl had those cool. Well, it's a really great series. What you know, just like the basketball players, kind of semi-impressionistic graphics. Yeah, of, yeah. You know, yeah. guys shooting whatever. Plus, um, by the way, and I put this in my notes, like the the cool guys. There's certain you know, cool guys or leaders in the culture that kind of set the tone. And when Rick and Mike, whoever, or I think even Mike Ternaski went to NBA games before that, like. When those guys started going to the NBA, it, I think that was a tipping point or something where the NBA like became cool. And I think the NBA, I mean, yeah, I think the NBA was cooler for a while just because like it's more, this, this sounds too, but more like urban than the other major sports. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in, in the actual sense, not like Yeah, yeah like exactly. That. In the literal sense. You know, I, I don't want to say both coded and literal. Like <laughs> it appeals to street skating in a lot of ways. I don't know. Yeah. What I think basketball started to take from skating was fit consciousness. Not fitness, but the fits. Because after the previous commissioner, the late David Stern, instituted a dress code for players when they are not on the court, when they are coming to and from and they're doing press conferences, there was initially a lot of pushback because there was some, it could be interpreted as a, a, a pretty you know, like low-key coded racist thing. But... The logic that he put forth was that it's, you know, you're a brand, you're a business person. This is a place of work. I don't want y'all coming over here, blinged out, blah, 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 blah. And it was probably the way that it was worded, too. And I think that there was a lot of discourse about it. And initially, a lot of these guys had no idea how to fucking dress. I'm talking like these are guys just like just grabbing shit from the big and tall. You fast forward 20 something years. And the fit checks from certain NBA squads. My goodness, when they're just walking through, you're just like, dang. Like, these guys finally learned how to dress. And I think skating, particularly street skating, put that out there into the culture because we've influenced pretty much everything dope for the last three decades, four decades. A lot of the time, you know, in those you know, tunnel, like walking, walking down the tunnel to the game type shots, you'll see people as big as LeBron James, like wearing like the newest SBs, like SBs that just came out that day or that weekend, you know? Was talking to Familia, you know, guys at Familia, there was definitely a Timberwolves player relatively new to the squad who was like DMing the people that would know like, yo, can I get XYZ dunks? And I think, you know, there's a lot of Supreme on NBA players too. Like, 
Nas Reed on the Timberwolves, he's wearing just like the, you know, whatever the, what is it, the box logo? I don't, I don't know the, yes. the proper lingo necessarily, but I do sometimes for Supreme, like, you know, white hoodie box logo, if he's injured on the bench or walking in, like the, the kind of streetwear skate influence is inescapable for, you know, young rich people. And that's that. So we're kind of also in this interesting space where you've got skaters who are getting into golf, which I got a lot of feelings about because I don't love golf and I don't love golf culture. But I guess because it's a lot of the same aspects of skating, like standing around, shooting the shit. If you drink beer, you're drinking beers. You're passing all this time in the outdoors. You know, you're becoming one with nature. What are some other sports that you've seen skaters get into or have never, you know, never dropped? I mean, you know, there's the footy right now recently of Cater Silla. You know, doing a little around the world, doing a little juggling with with a with a mm-hmm. soccer ball. What else? Juggling, juggling was like all. It was more of a thing in the '90s, I think. You're talking juggling, juggling ball, that, but juggling like Simon caught clean eleven fiatus. Yeah, caught. Wait, was just to be just so so unclear. Was Cater? Are you talking about Cater juggling? Like, oh, he was juggling a ball in the, the very recent Adidas commercial that just dropped for his new Cote d'Ivoire theme. We would just like show him just chilling with a soccer ball. Oh, juggling soccer it. ball, not like like circus juggling. No, 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 no. All right, yeah, no, no, let's get back. <laughs> See, real quick, I was I was talking both. Like I, I was on both levels, baby. Laban cool or like dude, an, by the way. Enrique Enrique Lorenzo in trilogy. He's also juggling, but not what Laban was doing. Yo, Enrique's the man. Enrique's absolutely the man. And speaking about. A lot of Euro skaters, a lot of Euro skaters have bought the football or soccer swag into skating, not just with the short shorts like Lucas Puig or Blondie McCoy, Blondie especially rocking uh, football socks, but also just rocking soccer jerseys, which I think is just like the dopest thing. There's this one video of Ishad Ware at Skate Park of Tampa some years ago, and he's wearing a he's wearing an inter yeah I think he's wearing yeah, he's wearing an inter jersey, inter Milan jersey, and there's a, a young woman looking at him and. In the background, Selena's I Could Fall in Love comes on. It's a meme, something like that. But I, I think, and as somebody who enjoys soccer and enjoys skating in soccer jerseys, I think it's, it's a dope look, especially the 90s boxy cut. And it's cool. It, it, it's, it's something that's like, that's super, that, that's super interesting. Yo, let me ask this. Like, we've been talking about, you know, the way sports adjacent to skating is kind of like, yeah, it's cool. It relates. And like, we like the gear. One of the things that I was asking people in that story was like, why do we think, well, let me let me pose it to you guys directly. Why do you think skaters have gone from like the fuck jocks position and we don't want to be jocks because that's the other side of the coin. Like you didn't at a certain point in time, if you were a skater, like you didn't want to be posing as a jock or to be a, you didn't want to be able to be called a jock. So you kept it core and all that. It's silly to lay it out like that. Why do you guys think that skaters are more friendly with sports nowadays? Well, the, there's a couple reasons. Like, I think because of the internet, mainly Instagram, everyone's interests kind of get mushed together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can see, oh, this person is this, this person is that, this person skates, plays this sport or whatever. You know, I mean, it's been written about in essay after essay about how the culture now is more homogenous. Flattened. Flattened, yeah, especially like on a high school level. So that type of shit. And Mike, you alluded to this before. A lot of skaters, especially, you know, in the competitive realm, like street league and shit like that, they're, you know, starting to train 
and you know do certain things you know get in certain routines so they can skate as long as possible they might not even talk about it a little bit but who who have i seen zion right seen zion right in the gym he rod in the gym so yeah shit like that i mean just stuff that like, i mean listen if you're in your late 30s or 40s you got to do something you know you got to do something to be able to still skate at a pretty high level something a little extra i think it's also the idea that skating can't be the center of your personality forever mm-hmm. i think a lot of skaters are now more than ever being encouraged to either explore or cultivate other interests and sports is a big part of american life and there's certain aspects of sports that do track with certain behaviors in skateboarding like baseball you know rowan wrote that article for skate john about how baseball is a lot like skating like the obsession with stats people's ability to recount the oral history of certain teams certain lineups the fact that it, it attracts a very very weird bunch baseball players are really really weird it's it's almost less like look at how vast how different the nba is now not just the game but also the culture the people in it the players and baseball is just like nah baseball baseball is still baseball which is bizarre. I think the other part of it is that, at least thinking about jocks in high school, they're still jocks, but like high schools are not as tribal as they used to be. A lot of subcultures, like Jason's earlier point, thanks to the internet, more specifically to social media, particularly Instagram, a lot of folks who would not mix and whose styles would never mix, like that shit's happening. Like a lot of kids now are just kind of throwing it all in the blender. But like going back to like the whole thing about being a jock, it's like I always think about like Al Bundy, you know, Al Bundy peaked in high school. That man, he threw four touchdowns for Polk High. Who were they playing as? Was it Lincoln High School or something like that? Like Sounds about right. Yeah. I I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's actually like kind of badass. And then, you know, Al Bundy ended up a a shoe salesman. But then again, he was still able to have a wife, two kids, a house like he was able to live the American dream. So in the grand scheme of things, Al Bundy's actually doing a lot better than a lot a lot of people. But anyway, besides the point, well, like (laughs) that makes me think of how it was something I didn't really explore with the story, but it was part of my thought process going in. I don't know if just the whole idea of jock culture, you know, and quotation marks i don't know if that exists so much anymore because you know i don't know when when was shut up and dribble basically beat into the ground i mean nba players have been advocates for various social causes for a long time and i mean even you look at aaron Rodgers, where i think he's a dipshit but a lot of people think he's got a lot of good ideas including that you can play football, you know, four months after rupturing your Achilles. Again, I'm going to be clear. I think he's a dipshit. But, like, jocks, quote-unquote jocks, don't occupy the same space in culture as they used to even 15 years ago. I think there's been, you know, changing just normie attitudes about athletes. I call them athletes now. I'm no longer using the pejorative jocks. What what have jocks given to mainstream culture? What drip have they given us? What music have they given us? What dances have they given us? Nothing, 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 nothing. The Dave shit. Matthews Band. Oh my God, that was the <laughs> other thing. These guys, they loved that shit. They loved Dave Matthews Yo. Band. They loved Fish. They, some of them were into the dead. No disrespect to anybody who rocks with those bands, but yo, that was like peak '90s corny. You were like, how are you listening? You're listening to Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews is terrible, but Shaq was on a Fushnikin song. 
Yo, that, <laughs> you know but, my um, style, you know my stilo. That was actually nice. Shaq was actually decent on the mic. So wait, before b- before we leave this topic, Mike, I gotta ask you, uh, Davy Sales. Yeah. Was a Division two running back. Tell us a little about how like you linked up with that guy and how you found out that he had that background in the first place. Oh man, I wish I wish I could remember exactly who. I I, I put out a call on Twitter, just like, hey, did anybody play college or high school sports, or do you know of any skaters who played college or high school sports? And someone was like, yo, the good homie Davy Sales and linked to a heckride.com interview with Davey. And yeah, I mean, that guy's Shep Dogs adjacent, grew up skating, homies with Rowan Zaria, who's also like, you know, a baseball lover, as as we've talked about, and as was evidenced by him releasing his pro shoe with a baseball game. But yeah, Davey was super down to talk, and his story is crazy just in that he was a skate rat first, moving around, but family had a lot of football ties and i mean the dude when he was playing you know probably he's he's tall for a skater 510 at least that's what it was listed on his ah, i forget the exact school he went to in florida but his his uh listed height was 510 and his playing weight if i recall was 230 or so i know it's in the story he Stocky. needed to well i mean here's the thing like football players top out at like 64 i think like there's kind of like a I feel like there's a useful height that you top out. Yeah, no, no. Stocky for sure. But no, Davey, Davey wanted to just be a skate rat. But he was good at football. And he's proud of being good at football. And that's dope. Because, you know, we should take pride in what we're good at. But he could, you know, he, he both in the heck ride interview and then talking to me, he was like, I couldn't be myself playing college football. And yeah, he was really close to finishing out his, you know, he played for two or three schools and the, shoot, I, I should look it up, but, you know, the Florida D2 school that he was playing at was where he ended up. And he ended up just dipping out. And that was six years ago. And now he's on Death Wish and breaking, breaking walls as he tries to board slide with his body. I mean, it, it's cool to see the, you know, how athletic you have to be to be like an effective running back. And that dude skates athletically and just can jump over shit and also just like has so much power. I don't know. I think it's a I think it's a good thing. Well, speaking of football, I was thinking about a skater I met last year. You've probably seen him on Instagram, Cordano Russell. Oh yeah. That dude, he's six three, two thirty. Dude went to Carlsbad High, you know, feeder school for D one athletics phenomenal skateboarder like so nimble and so light on the board but also you could tell like he i think he i want to say he coaches i want to say that he does uh he does coaching right now i think he's on the canadian skateboarding olympic team and that's what he's pushing for so that's a dude who's really got like the best of both worlds he has the discipline of of being an athlete and somebody who's really single-minded but then also is expressing himself as a skateboarder and using a lot of those skills from being an athlete and spending all that time focusing on training repetitive motion. And I think there's there's that aspect of it as well. Interestingly enough, Jason, you put something here in your notes that I think has to be talked about, is that regionalism does play into skaters' perception of sports because you, you pointed out here that sports culture on the East Coast 
it's oh, yeah. very, very strong. I mean, so um, dig into yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's just more intensely a part of the culture here. Like, probably, like, D.C., D.C., not so much, but, like, Baltimore, Philly, New York and New Jersey, and Boston. Like, sports is just more so part of the culture. Like, people... People like live and die with the shit more so than in LA. Like I think LA is like it's so nice that people are kind of like out and about doing other shit. It's not like depressing and snowing half of the year, so you have to be obsessed with sports or, or something. I mean, you raise a very good point. But the thing about LA that's interesting is that the only cons- actually I wouldn't even say consistent because the Lakers came here from Twin Cities. The Lakers are real. Yep, they're they're real. Yeah, excuse me, from Minneapolis. So. Think about it. The Raiders were here, then they were gone. The Chargers were here, then they were gone. Now they're back. The Rams were here, then they're gone. Now they're back. And so for a lot of young Angelinos who skate, like, you know, yeah, there was Raider Nation and such, and there was the Lakers, but the Lakers were so, you know, Showtime era Lakers in the 1980s as street skating was really coming alive. I mean, that was just like background noise because they won so much. And so you, have re- you make a really good point about that because I think about all the Philly skaters I know, they're all diehard Eagles fans. You know, on some just like wilding oh, yeah. out, cr- you know, screaming in the streets, crushing beers, whatever, whatever. Like there's you would not be able to tell them apart from, you know, regular civilian, except for the fact that maybe they, they're rocking skate shoes. So that that's a really good point. I mean, then there's, you know, with New York, was it, where was the first place where people started wearing basketball jerseys to skate while, while skating? Probably, probably someone in Embarcadero. Who was the first Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's Javante, maybe. Oh, it's the Bay? Yeah, like, you know, SF, but I don't, I mean, they weren't, we- nobody was rocking Warrior shit. It was like the sickest Henry, jersey. Henry Sanchez, 20 shot sequence. Oh, yeah, Henry Sanchez, 20 shot. Yeah, so it was probably, probably someone up there in the Bay. All right. It's like the Hammer Javante, somebody like that. Drawers. Drawers used to make jerseys. I mean, the basketball jerseys. But yeah, back to, back to your point, though, your point, though, Jason. Yeah, in any, pretty much in any place where there's extreme weather, for a quarter or part of the year, yeah, there's going to be a lot more of the fandom. Although, you know what? In L.A., there's, there's definitely contingents of skaters who who hit Laker games and then Dodger games. And if we're going to talk about the Lakers, we have to talk about Atiba Jefferson because he was staff photographer for the Lakers for a minute. Right. We want to talk about – he. I think he he was instrumental in, in bridging the gap. Because, like, you know, he did that photo shoot with Costin and with Costin and the late, great Kobe Bryant, right? You know, like, there was like, yeah. a lot of – like, yeah – it was. It became cool to rock, you know, to be like not just rock Lakers shit, but you know, go to Laker games and hang out. And now it's like Laker games or Dodger games. Clippers I, not so I, much. I, I feel like the Lakers are so endemic, and like they're they're a part of LA culture in a weird way that yeah, maybe even maybe even the Dodgers aren't. Dumb random story. When we were colleagues at the Skateboard Mag, Atiba was coming to the Twin Cities to shoot rookie photos with Johnny Flynn, who, if I remember right, in the 2009 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves took Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio two slots, maybe five and six, prior to Steph Curry, a young young basketball player, named Steph Curry, who went to the Golden State Warriors. They took Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio prior to, you know, whoever that guy was. But uh, Atiba was coming to the Minneapolis to shoot, like, some photos for Johnny Flynn and whatever shoe company he was on. And, yeah, I mean, he's he's been linked up with NBA clients for a long while. It might have been Adidas, might have been Nike. I don't remember. 
but I was going to, I was like back in college at the time and I had a very serious remedial math test I needed to take. Wasn't quite in the college credit math class that I needed to actually get my associates of arts, but I couldn't go meet both Atiba and Johnny Flynn. Was he Syracuse? Someone needs to look this up because he had like a, he had like a six overtime college game where he became a god and then the Timberwolves selected him and he was gone after two years, but could have met him in Atiba and watched the photo shoot. I don't know. Like sports are whatever. I just think the, the jock skater animosity is kind of dead. And we haven't plumbed like the whole reason why Scott like jocks like skaters anymore, but there's many angles to this issue. I, I mean, is it peace or is it on some Berlin Wall shit? Like, we exist near each other, but, you know, we don't really rock with each other. I think skating got cool. A lot of people are just Skating's like, oh, always skating been cool. rad. Well, skating got, like, obviously cool to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk about this a lot, but I think when the Tony Hawk video game came out, a lot of people that wouldn't before, like, begin interacting with skating, like, via that. So they kind of yeah. get it now. They're like, Tony Hawk, that kind of shit. I mean, it's like, do we give credit to Tony Hawk? You know, is Make he a little somebody bit. who helped? Is he, is he somebody? <laughs> is he somebody who helped bridge the gap and 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 for people to actually see it as cool? But yeah, because like yep, for um, jock culture, well, again, let's go back to my question: What have the jocks given America or the world? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up quick because Matt Derrick, who is you know backroom at Deluxe, but was the manager of the Deluxe Skate Shop in San Francisco for 20 years. He was saying, and this didn't make the story, it's like the X Games Extreme Games started in 1995. And then they became the X Games. And then that is, we might think it's recent history, but that's now nearly 30 years of history. So everybody who came up skating has had like Extreme Games, X Games on ESPN. And so have the, you know, the quote unquote jocks. And so... I mean, that's pretty normalizing, man. Like, if it's just on the worldwide leader in sports, like, there's no reason to think it's anything different than the baseball highlights they have. So Birdman's spinning, what, two and a half times? Yep. Checks out. <laughs> Math genius. Three? Two? No, two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, it's funny. Yep. If you want to come down straight, you only get half numbers. But it makes sense that it's just, it's lumped in. I guess so. It, it, it's just that I don't know. You know, the, for the amount of grief that the, the the jocks caused a lot of us in high school, you you would have figured that they would have left a deeper cultural imprint or legacy. But nah, they didn't. Like, well, like <laughs> Patrick, you seem like the most kind of unsure about this because you know I I wrote an article where my whole idea was that you know skaters are generally fine with sports now, and it has been an evolution. There was a starting point. And things have happened, but like, do do you need to, you know, need an opportunity to beat up a jock or or what's going on? I think so. Yeah, I think that would be very therapeutic for me. (laughs) But you know what? I don't know where they are. It's like Patrick Kagongo versus four ox. By the way, I think that that for a lot of us who put up with so much grief, all the meatheads in high school, Mike Vallely, forever skateboarding MVP. I may not. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's historic. <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean, I love the fact that he's the singer of Black Flag. But then again, who hasn't been the singer of Black Flag at this point? <laughs> hey, you guys, yeah. I was I sang for Black Flag for like two months. Wait, really? 2022. 
Oh, dang. It's yeah. COVID time. Okay. It was weird time. I don't know why they called me, but. But like Mike, Mike Vallely, like that was therapeutic watching that. Mike Vallely, like, and like beating the shit out of those guys too. See, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Like I got, I have like one very specific incident where these guys flexed on us, made us feel like shit and like late seventh grade, early eighth grade, and then we were generally fine. And the dudes who had flexed on us were kind of non, non-actors. And I'm being so vague accidentally, but, you know. And then later in high school, we were like skaters. And I think what Patrick, I think, you were saying about, you know, jocks at college. It's like we were just like interesting people who were fun to be around and all of a sudden, the the classifications didn't mean so much. I mean, this was late '90s, so it wasn't the you know stark times. But yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm very friendly towards sports. That's my stuff. As am I. As am I. I, I I've resolved a lot of stuff. But but yo, if anybody wants to do like a charity, if there's like some washed up jock who wants to get in and do like a charity, I don't know, charity boxing match. Fuck it, I'll train <laughs> charity boxing match. <laughs> That we could do in LA sometime later this summer, like I, I can I can rock that. I think that'd be that'd be really fun, and we'll 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 donate the, we'll donate the proceeds to the Harold Hunter Foundation. Damn, dude, you got the full plan laid out. Good luck. I'm 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 ready for it. I'm ready for it. Is Ross Vet versus Zero like a jocks versus skaters type thing? Not really. Ross knew- Vet, Ross Vet, Ross Vet. I'm gonna say Ross Vet. I don't know. In other news this week. The full-length skate video is not dead. Two notables came out, one from New Russian or whatever brand, Rossfit, entitled Blue, and the latest in the seemingly endless series of Zero videos. Less than Zero, shout out Brett Easton Ellis. Patrick, what is Rossfit's origin story and or brand narrative, and how does their initial video offering compare to the new Zero vid? I have no idea what their actual origin story is, but Rasvet is Russian for the word dawn. According to some rudimentary internet research, courtesy of our fearless leader, Templeton, Dover Street Market may or may not be behind this particular brand. But in terms of their What is Dover Street Market? What is Dover Street Market? For the uninitiated, Dover Street Market is a very cool shop in London that was and remains a huge hub of streetwear in that particular city. There is an outpost over here in the Arts District in Los Angeles, and they're actually pretty tight. I, I, I rock with them. I don't buy into this whole idea of a streetwear shop or any shop being intimidating because at the end of the day, someone in there is just working so that they can pay the bills, and you know you can't, you can't cool guy me. I don't care. Anyway, the Rosvet video... It's actually a really good video for a big display in a shop like Dover Street Market or a big screen TV. But the question I found myself asking while watching it initially, because I fell asleep, I watched it a little too late. Does it stoke? Does it does it stoke the stoke? I'm not really sure. A lot of Austin Gillette in here. So I think that if I wanted to give you the elevator pitch about this video, it's Austin Gillette, right down to the upright bass version of Gratitude by the Beastie Boys, segueing into the original version throwing some Lou Reed in there, a little bit of ledge tech, but not really, a lot of tucked in shirts. It's a for a certain type of skater who is not me. What did y'all what did y'all make of Rosfet? Even though I enjoyed the video, but you know, I'm not reaching for this one again. 
Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Uh, certain certain niche of skater that's not me. Well, first of all, I'm a big fan of Austin Gillette. I think he's super sick. He recently had that Thrasher cover where he did a, a switch 360 flip over that that one hydrant going down a hill that everyone does shit over. That was gnarly. It was good to see some footage of him here. Although, I don't know, it, it's kind of weird to see him on a, a brand like this. I thought he would be more like a higher tier pro. But, you know, you're still doing the same shit like switch, power, etc. The other guy, Rivera, didn't really leave an impression, I thought. He had some good shit. And, you know, overall, this seems like it's a skate video. But it seems like completely disconnected from the canon of skate videos. Like it doesn't remind me of anything else. Like the music's all slow and depressing. Like every everything is gray. <laughs> it it looked like it it feels like what I would imagine living in Russia would feel like. Even when they were in LA. Yeah, yeah. Even in the LA part. What do you think that is, Jason? Like dig dig in on that because I mean, there's good skating in it. Yeah. Yeah, there's good skating in it. Maybe that maybe I thought like the outfits were weird. The music was kind of slow and depressing. The gray, like Euroness. Here's the thing. Like, I don't know. It it, it was just it it didn't offer anything new to skating. Like Austin Gillette is is insanely good. And it's really frustrating that between Globe and Rosvet, he can't get sponsors where you're like, hell yeah, I'm psyched that this guy is doing it. But he also strikes me as a person that might annoy a lot of people in general. Jason, did it bug you that they didn't use... They they introed Austin Gillette and... I don't want to butcher his name. Ravy? Ah, jeez. I need my notes. But, you know, the new guy who used to be on... Maybe... He was going to be on Isle. No, he was on Isle. Whatever. Remy, Remy something? Yeah, Tavier or something. Like, oh, Remy okay. Tavera. Yeah, they introed those guys. Rivera, I apologize. Rivera, not Rivera. And then they had a bunch of, you know, their basically old, like, original skate team, and they gave no names for that. And I'm not familiar with any Rosvet content other than this. And I was watching the video, and I'm like, okay, I don't don't get to know who these dudes are. Okay. Yeah, I mean, here's this weird dude, and then here's this guy that looks like a vampire, and then wow, another (laughs) dude that looks like that guy was good. That guy, I put that guy in my notes. He like yeah, one of the best parts. The daywalkers were pretty sick. Like, I just wanted to get daywalkers in there. Are you you talking about the homeboy with the shaved head and the tattoo, like the the prison tattoos? Yes, we both are. Okay, so basically, like the what you call it, like you know what, like okay, so two things, some a little bit more backstory. So Rosvet is an extension of the work by the clothing designer Gosha Rubichinsky and a pro skater called Tolia Tite. I apologize, uh, my Russian is non-existent. So yeah, there's definitely a strong like post-recession streetwear influence with this particular company. But what's weird about this video though is like right down to homeboy with the shaved head and the prison tattoos, he looks like a bootleg version of the homie Ben Kadao. And which then in the grand scheme of things, like this video feels like a bootleg version of a Ben Shadoran joint, like a Ben Shadoran joint, like will get you hyped to go skate, but also make you want to like smoke a closed cigarette and put on a bray and be like, yeah, I, I rock with that. I vibe with that. You get what I mean? Like, it feels like it's cribbed, like aesthetically, the editing style. It's, it's almost just like trying to crib from all the Ben Shadoran look, but like, 
I think Ben Shadron does it better. I, I want, like, I was watching it, and by the end, I was yelling every time someone did a pole jam, a pole jam, either over something or whatever, or like a esoteric, like, pole jam. Is that a, like a backsmith? Is that a back lip? Maybe that's a front board. And then, you know, like, we're going to board slide something, but then we're going to bonk out of it because there's a trash can here that I'm going to board slide. And then I'm going to board slide the trash can and it, like, leaves me in a different place. Or, like, oh, front board a little thing and then, like, land in a little grind and that's going to be a cool trick. Like, I don't know. It, it's it's late. What, what do we say about late capitalism? That's a phrase nobody actually knows how to define, like, Let's talk about late modern skateboarding. Like, it's that shit, and it's tiresome when you have 26 minutes of it. Shit, we yeah. all hated the Ross Vett video. Like, Hey, this is Templeton chiming in from the edit session. Uh, I have to say, I enjoyed the Ross Vett video. It made me want to go skate, which is kind of my measure of what makes a video good. Uh, anyway, had to chime in with my thoughts. Back to Mike, Jason, and Patrick. It should have been... 16 minutes with a lot of the crap edited out some titles so i would know if i actually like these dudes who i can't even name it's oh, but it's, it's so art, mike. that like what what's up it's it's art mike <laughs> that shit was, it was a well-made video to be sure and i actually watched the zero video which we should talk about i watched the zero video and i watched blue by ross vet dawn in russian and like it's a weird a cyrillic trans transliteration i would say i don't know it like the whole thing is just i think we're at the end of this era of skating in terms of fucking pole jams everything and it's like well the pole was four feet tall or four feet long and it went over a uh, block I can't yeah, relate. I can't relate to that skating. It makes no sense. There's, yeah, this, I don't this care. Whole, the whole subgenre with like pole jams and like kill team bagpipes type tricks, like like ollieing <laughs> over that whole that whole branch of the trick tree. You know what I'm talking about? Like like a bump to bar to a little grind. I think here we had like the pole jam to like a grind on like a two inch curb. But uh, yeah, I mean it's art, but it it seemed like. It just see it seemed like self parody almost like but with pole the thing about pole jams like the whole subgenre of creative skating like just because you do a pole jam doesn't make you creative like you're still copying someone that you thought like, was cool, which like, is part of art like artists take from you know other artists and kind of make shit their own which is part of an artistic process. I, mean, I, 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 don't, mean, know, I don't know. I don't know. But real quick, the dumbest thing I can ask is like. Has the Rosvet team seen Eastern Exposure Zero? Maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. I'm just I'm sure old. they have. There's a I'm, I'm sure they have. I'd say there's a chance. That seems like something but, uh, that they would track down. Well, if if I knew who any of them were between, you know, Austin Gillette and, you know, the other guy who used to ride for one of those English like Give me some fucking names, God. They, they they have the names at the end. Just figure it out, like. Yeah, yeah. Which one of those vampire ass motherfuckers <laughs> was Igor? Jesus! <laughs> wow, you guys are going. You guys are going. Sorry, in. But man. I think that that video bummed me out in terms of just like it should have been good, but if they weren't doing cool guy shit the whole time, it would have been immensely better. I mean, that, that's the thing about being a cool guy. You can't just turn that shit off. But um, in all seriousness, that's why I said this is a great video for display in a shop. 
you know, yeah. Some, something to be part of the background. And I think both of you are right in saying that this particular lane of skateboarding has got to merge into something else because you're right. It has become excruciating at this point because having a video like this every now and again was tight. But now that it's becoming a, a cliche in making skate videos, it's very, 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 very boring. By contrast, though. Yes. The zero video. The zero video, this felt like it's like going to a pub and ordering the burger and fries. A good pub should know how to do a good pub burger. And the thing is, zero knows what they do well. And at first I was just like, wait, hold up. Ruben Barrick is skating to bro him in 2024? Awesome. Yes. Yo, here's the thing about bro him. Also, Ruben has, Ruben has the illest Instagram handle. It's mazel tough. But bro him, nice. but bro him, bro him for me. You know, some people, when the national anthem comes on at a sporting event or whatever, they take off their hat, they sing along, blah, blah, blah. Me, I'm one of those guys, like, I'm not singing. I'm taking off my hat to be respectful. But, like, bro him, I have the same feeling about that song. <laughs> like, there are some people, they, that, that, that shit comes on and, like, there's tears running down their face and just all of a sudden, like, they're really into it. But um, Jamie Thomas, Jamie Thomas knows his lane. Yo, I'll tell you what. I turned on the new Zero video, and I didn't immediately recognize Bro Him as Bro Him, but like the you know Pennywise just and and that era of chords as the main structure of any given song, like the chords was like okay, this is a skate video. I recognize that, and then it got into you know Homeboy, who is fantastic. Could have had last part, maybe. But, like, that was some recognizable skate video shit. And, yeah, not 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 to continue begging on the Rosvets thing, but, you know, they had the cool kind of, uh, I don't want to say thing, but the, they, they did Electric Blue, That's the Color of My Shoe, by David Bowie. And that was in, like, the, the tilt mode videos. And it was sound cool. Sound and vision. Yeah, they had the I'm sound low. and vision motif. So... Yeah, I guess I'm just saying, like, there's continuity and that's cool, but Pennywise, an escape video where we're going to be, like, banging our heads into a handrail in San Diego, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret to listeners of this podcast that I'm a fan of Jamie Thomas's A, editing style, that quick hit shit, and B, music supervision. And he doesn't really, like, get into the editing, that editing style that much like it's more like you know less death lens i don't know if there's any death lens i think there not, was it's just less obvious yeah, yeah not not a lot of the usual like you know crouching or laying at the bottom of the handrail type shit but uh, yeah new supervision was pretty cool that buffalo song that anthony vega skates to but again where where, where does jamie thomas keep finding these dudes like long hair like dirtbag dudes that listen to like obscure 70s stoner metal that jumped down <laughs> shit like yeah i i think anthony vega is straight out the zero labs like wherever they exist cardiff by the sea apartments cardiff by the sea. actually like <laughs> like like the rhythm team lived there but now it's been taken over by the zero labs no i, I like the zero videos are crazy because yeah he's got dudes from i think yeah what's his name first part 
you know, he, shit. Ruben? Ruben, Barack. Need, eh, my, my notes aren't giving me any favors. Like, he's SoCal, and he's rad, and God, yeah, yeah, he was good. Insanity. He does inward heel variations and then also does a pressure flip, so you can't tell which is which. That's insanity. But then the other homie, like Ben Haverin, I think without doing any rudimentary research because, you know, spent all the time on that article, you know, he's like Texas. and Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just shit. I forgot where I was going with this. It's it's kind of the lack of, you know, these guys aren't going on trips anymore, but they're skating rad, insane spots in their hometowns and or around. I don't know. There's something really appealing about Zero in that video in that it's like they're where they should be at. The rest of the team was in the montage, right? I, I saw the that Japanese kid. Yeah. In there but somewhere. Jamie Thomas, like I said, he knows his lane. He knows his role. He, like Jason pointed out, one of his strongest suits is his music supervision and editing style. The fact that when you watch Welcome to Hell, for example, you watch the when there's a break in Hallowed Be Thy Name where he's skating that handrail and he's just going to town on it. I mean, that's somebody, he was probably a drummer in a previous life. Like, that is somebody who understands how to make people react. And, like, I go back to my metaphor of the pub burger. Zero video? Yep. A zero video like this that's 16 minutes long, I was like, I, I was like, I think I need to go skate. Now, mind you, I had a couple of other things to do this evening, you know, before doing the pod. So that wasn't going to happen. But it did exactly what it needed to do. And to your point earlier, Mike, about the rest of it video like this, you know, that particular style of skating just becoming boring. I think a paradigm shift might be upon us and that the tight pants scarecrow era might be back. Get your skinnies out, get your big puffy shoes on, maybe some Vans or something, and like a Saxon denim and leather t-shirt and start hawking yourself down some big rails and some big stairs. Because like I said, like even if that's you haven't skated stairs in years, you appreciate somebody going buck. And this whole video, this whole video was that. And like, oh my God. Dude, I really liked... Eight, uh, like Anthony Vega, just you know, tail slide a long ass thing, big spin, a fakie, and then like right into the gravel. I don't know. Again, I'm gonna say I, I watched the the zero video and then the Ross Vat video, and the zero guys were doing tricks like, if we're gonna introduce something, it's called the Overton window, <laughs> and it's like you know what is possible when you're thinking about X Y Z thing. Like the zero guys. We're definitely within a certain lane in which zero skateboarding exists, but they were doing interesting shit that every now and then, like, was outside the window. I don't know, that that Ross Vett video was just so pat. It, it was like, oh, yeah, we're the cool European guys. Why the fuck did they yeah. need to come to Los Angeles to do the same old bullshit? Like, God. It's like, it, it, like Jason, hard-hitting question for you. Did the Rasvet video set back Ledge Tech? I don't think I no Ledge Tech there, there, will, will always be strong. Ledge Tech will always be good. So 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 that Ledge Tech is not going to take a hit from this. But you know, because I think again, like there's like some ancient. I want to say it's a Ben Shadorn edit of Nick Stain skating in Moscow from like years and years ago, and I don't know. Like you know what? It's like it's become like a it's like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. You know, oh no! Just, I think I think no. I remember that edit. There was this really dope ledge spot in my that was like an old Soviet mine or something. Like the ledges were red. 
Yep. Yeah, they should have yep. skated that spot. That spot's fucking sick. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I think the other thing is, too, is that with the zero video, there's a lot more authorship in skateboard videos. And Jamie Thomas is like, you don't get none of that. This is this. You know what? The, you know, oh, you know what? This is just like an action movie. And one mm-hmm. of my, it's not even a guilty pleasure. Something I really like doing on long trips or long flights is like just watching like a bunch of shit back to back. Like last, coming back from, from spending the holidays in New York, just watched the first two John Wicks back to back just because that shit is cool. I, I, I love that shit. And, and this is the exact same thing. It gives me like that quick thrill. It in, I enjoy it. It's not something I'll ever do, but just like, come on, man. Like a good action movie, like a throwback, like, yo, a throwback Jean-Claude Van Damme joint. Yo, I really like the zero video because it's it's it is reminiscent of the videos that zero used to make where it was like appointment viewing. The bro him for, you know, Ruben's part was awesome. And then, you know, it's tough to, you know, go higher than that. I don't know. Zero zero is like this. We always talk about brands that have maintained 20 plus years of the same identity. And Zero, I mean, more so than any other brand has been the same thing, but it hasn't had like the staying power in terms of, you know, exerting influence over the over the culture that other brands have had. I don't know. Until they do. I, until they do. I mean, maybe they, they do swing back. But I didn't know about any of these dudes before I well, watched the video. I, I knew about Ruben from One in a Million. Oh, yeah. How long ago was that? Like 15 years ago? Fuck. I mean, Has that's it been that long? Fantastic I and think, crazy. I think it was like 2009 or something. Oh. That, that was the last year when it was produced by Alexander Klein. <laughs> Alex Klein. Alexander. Maybe that. I maybe, mean, maybe they'll bring that back. I mean, that would be that would be really tight. But. I, I think you guys are right. I, I think there's something, something is going to shift in skating. And oh, I think, you know, the other thing is like, we're all hyped on the zero video. Yeah. You know? I mean, we're... Quick poll. <laughs> like, I think we all like the zero video more. Yeah. Safe to say. Yeah. Safe to say. I like yeah. it more. Best, yeah. Real quick. Best trick in my opinion was, or my favorite trick was Ruben's like cavalier, cavalarial kickflip down those like rainbow stairs. Yeah, that was cool. Good cavalier mm-hmm. kickflip is good. Didn't he was, do it... cab kilty McBagpipes <laughs> the front board? Yeah, or something like yeah. They, they should have left that out. It was like cab. Yeah, it was kind of silly. The front board, like on a two-inch curb. That it was perfect. Been... It was perfect though. Yeah, at least it shouldn't have been his ender. Well, they they did it after black. It's yeah, it's yeah, perfect. yeah. After black, after black hammers. They were like, well. He did this trick. All right. You get to know about it. But and then in the Rosvet video, that's like just left. I don't know. There's something so boring about that video. And I, I don't want to hate it. And Templeton told he was in the chat and he's like, I really like the Rosvet video. Was that, yeah, it wasn't popping. Yeah, it would be here. May, maybe. Hey, hey, hey listeners, maybe next week is just a 15 minute Templeton Elliot like, you know, apologia. He's gonna he's gonna say why the Rosvet video was actually good. It had good points. It was just like overall, it's not. not what's I mean, up. at times it reeked of laziness. Like when they saw like the dude uh, using a jigsaw to cut off part of his board. Uh, yeah, well, he had no. Why? It had no. He didn't need it for the grind he did afterwards, right? I'm being different, bro. I'm being different. It's like I'm gonna yo check this out. I'm gonna make my own polar shape. Peep this. But we can all agree that 
cutting the board was not used for a trick subsequently. I don't know. It was it was it was superfluous. Yeah, I, I'd have to to go take a look back. I think I think like... there was the clip of the guy cutting the board, and then he just grinded backside a thing that curved. But it wasn't like I need a shorter tail to do this. I don't know. Just like I don't know. Maybe he was trying to focus on it's like, art, I, bro. It's, it's like I know my I know my way around Harbor Freight. Thank you very much. Hey, my next IG clip. I'm gonna shoot my board with a gun. <laughs> shoot it with a gun. It's a I'm statement sure, on the. <laughs> I'm sure we'd all be stoked if Mike got uh, oh, God. Went viral. All right, all right. I'm sure we'd all be stoked if Mike got a clip shooting his board with a shotgun and went viral. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> sorry. So this week, I'm stoked on had to set up a new board. Finally, set up a new board. I'm stoked on skating a new board with old shoes. That might be the ideal situation. Shoes, you know, board that grips. For listeners who were really keyed into my walking goal miles per month, I got my walking goal for this month of February as of today. February 29 did 109, uh, eight, excuse me, 108 miles walking on like recorded walks with my nerdy ass Apple walk. Uh, it's pretty fun to do that. And then, yeah, we, we didn't go too deep into who I talked to for that quarter snacks article. And I'm not gonna try to name everybody and then leave one out. But I'm super very appreciative of the people who took the time to talk to me and go into their sports habitats, their habitats, habits, their skate habits, everything about their experiences. So thank you to everyone who talked to me for that Court of Snacks article. Love doing the reporting. Anybody that has like an idea that, you know, it's into the realm of what we've talked about on these podcasts or whatever, you know, I've written about for quarter snacks, holler. That said, Patrick, what are you stoked on? This week I am stoked on Spitfire wheels, particularly because I set up a board with some sixties to skate the Inglewood pump track, which is five minutes drive from my house and is so much fun. Great way to clear your head after a very long day, week, month, year. Been rewatching old palace stuff to kind of get in the zone. Springtime is coming back. Thinking about fits. Been really enjoying Beyond the Third Wave. The Ishad twos are very nice as well. I'm also very stoked on Cream Calendar turning pro for Limousine. Limousine doing what 917 couldn't and wouldn't. And speaking of the number 108, congratulations, Mike, on hitting that milestone. For some reason, the band 108 just popped into my head. And Jason, if you have any books... Or essays about Krishna Core, I would love to read something about them. Um, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll hit you up. Yeah, it's fascinating. I'm reading a book about a dude in a hardcore band, a novel about a dude in a hardcore band, a hardcore band in mid-90s, uh, mid-90s Alphabet City. And I'm like, I feel like I need to dive down the rabbit hole. I'm also finally very stoked on Mike's article. Really enjoyed everybody's quotes in there, particularly mostly skateboarding alumnus. Maddie Hazlett correctly pointing out that the jocks were total herbs. Always <laughs> were, always will be. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on the Venture Trucks made in San Francisco, California. Along those lines, stoked on Carlisle Aikens' new part for Venture. 
as in addition to being the video game liaison for this broadcast, I'm also the prestige television liaison. So along those lines, stoked on the new Shogun television show on FX or Hulu, whatever. And stoked on a part for a player skateboards company out of Spain from this guy, Carlos Cardenosa. If you're into spot porn, definitely check it out. It's filmed. I think it's filmed entirely on the Grand Canary Island or Grand Canaria, as they call it. The previous six spot porn there. And that was that everybody. That was everyone, right? <laughs> yep. All right. That's it for our show this week. Be sure to check mostlyskateboarding.net for links and other show notes. Until then, you can keep up with us online. Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at pkigongo, on Twitter at Colonel K Speaks. I've got Kigongo on Blue Sky. I haven't posted there recently. And also doing stuff with the Harold Hunter Foundation. Mike, where can the people find you? If you're going to find me on a social media platform, my handle is at mmunzenrider. Jason. Where art thou? On the internet. On the Twitter, at Carbonite1994, on Instagram, Frozen Carbonite. And I also write stuff for CoreyFanks.com from time to time. Pew! All right. See you all next week. Your ma dukes are potters, they're two scoops and raisin in the sun. Brother try to rally up, then daily valley for some room. Bird taking double decking, rubber necking in my tomb. Check it out, yo, I smile like Groucho Marks. I make a joke, pokey pokey slide by like egg yo. Play me like a punk, like the penguin and the joker. Snoopin' in my biz like Tom and Roxy Roca. The bust the freaky, freaky, freaky way. The brothers with the Asian keys making cheese. What? And now we sellin' records overseas. Holy smoke, oop, your whole plan pooped up. Now you get kicks, enough licks, plus pooped up. Cause you can catch a quick job for trying to take the sticks. Props are tick-tock around the clock and shock while we lick shots. Woo! Goodness sakes, the stakes is high. I'm out. You out? ABC, ya. Bye. Carry rock. What's up, Doc? 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 I thought I saw a booty jack. I did. I did the Humpty Dumpty bashful grumpy. Picking a biscuit, this cookie. Come on, stop. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Like Pinocchio. Move it up, underground, underground. Humpty Dumpty camera. Hump no. So play those seeds. Suffer suck attach. My missile told dogs. No wires after my seven doors. My stars are after me. Lucky charms. So leave the lever cards. The gun. I'm pushing my battle to the metal. Working the rubber. And I love my booty pebbles So how do my partner? I start stuck in me now So ask Buck for I'm stuck Bob Dog Bolina Oh where is my mic one? Tell me that you see now I stretch like a condom It's not my arena A sausage, of course it's I put it directed But before I ain't talking A bit of dust on my jacket So who is the nicest in your neighborhood? The mix of Medivine Mary Crack, I'm swimming Captain Crunch Very good So rock, rock, rock This boom box Chip fool was coming again Your tanks and phrases The drama lyrics are smooth Like the head yes on Teddy My tongue starts to kicking Like speedy Take off your pen, your bag You know it's a bag And run the whole lot I hip hip pop pop, don't don't stop stop. I'm harder than a fist, so coming up bigger than the chub rock. All types of difficult styles, just the chips stuck and kick 'em. I brr, stick 'em, ha ha ha, stick 'em. Not sure my bust, but you can't even come right. Despite the stroking and hoping to pulling up peace pipe. Huffing puffs, so what the f is happening? On the lyric, America's spiritual, but everybody's rocking. Slip a new hit, catch back to the notch. 
grip, never sick concept with a tongue twist on my style. That's book wild, no fake raps. I push pounds, I flip mad scripts and hits. I hit, so bring the boy, oh boy, as I say, I said, my yana trust and chewy hunk, come fooey, regular monster, tough stuff. Can I rock? What's up, doc? Can we rock? What's up, doc? Can we rock? What's up, doc? Can we rock? What's up, doc? I'm the hooper, hyper, protective vibe, viper. When I'm out the hooping, yo, you better decipher. In other words, you better make a fucking decision. Cause I'm gonna be a shack knife and cut you with position. Forget Tony Danza, I'm the boss. When it comes to money, I'm like Dick the boss. Now who's the first pick me? Road this morning. Not a Christian late, no. Not a Lonzo morning. That's okay, not being braggadocious. Super califragilist to shack is allidocious. I gotta go, I ain't no joke Now I slam it, what? jam it, uh. and make sure it's 